you need to step out of your comfort zone when it comes to interacting with people because you know you can only learn from somebody who's been to where you are going to that's the only way you're gonna get you know you're gonna actually get to where you want to be you know interaction do not be afraid to step out you know i know it's tough for some i know there's some people who are natural introverts and i get it you know but sometimes you know you need to be able to do what you don't want to do to get what you want to get you know, that kind of thing are you sure you are not going to add pastor to that list of things that, <laughs> that <you do? laughs> your early life is just really remarkable uh, can you just tell me about your heritage you are a literally a third generation artist like that is so cool um i've never heard of that before i've heard of second generation but not heard of third generation so please just just, just tell me about yourself and tell me about that okay thanks for having me um absolute pleasure to be here well um i think that uh, for me it's, it's always been i mean my life has always revolved around arts and artistic personalities and you know, people who are, you know, who can create, you know, in whatever way, form, you know. And um, I, I think that, you know, it starts very early, you know, before I turned 10, I always, we always had a studio in my house. And back in the 80s, there were no, there were really no computers. It was just, you know, very talented people, visualizers, if you like. So my dad had an, always had an office, you know, I recall, you know that doubled as a studio there's something there's something called the yellow cabinet where for for illustrators back in the 70s 60s so you always have a cabinet that had all your all your all your tools so you have your markers your um something called letter set um that had pretty much all your alphabets that you take up and stick up you know i'll, I'll come to that later but anyway you had you know, I had a long metallic rule for, you know, so if you open Photoshop now, you see that it's calibrated like a ruler, but then there's actually a real stainless steel ruler. So a T-square drawing board, and my dad had all of that stuff. So I grew up with that, and nothing else matters in the world than to become an artist. So when I was, I grew up a little bit, I found out that my grandfather was a photographer, and he was a photographer in the 1940s. Uh, you know, my dad was born in 1949. So, of course, before he was born, my dad was, my grandfather was taking photographs anyway. So, um, yeah, so my dad, um, and he was in, um, he was in Ibadan at the time, um, Northern State at the time, Western Nigeria, as, as it was called at that time. And my dad, um, so the civil, there was a cool 1966, I mean, for those people, those who went to Nigerian history, and a war, you know, started in 1967, and my dad, you know, obviously, of Eastern extraction, had to fight to survive. So he joined the army at a very young, young age, just before 20, and he fought for those three and a half years and came to Lagos. Obviously, decimated the East was, you know, in tatters and ruins. But he came here, and you know, but the interesting thing is, in the, while he was in the army, he so he he fought for a couple of months and had a, a very severe battle injury. You know that. You know, and he nearly lost his leg, the ability to walk, so he was on crutches for a while. But he joined the science department, so they would draw, obviously, you know, uh, everything around a military setup like that would require all sorts of, um, um, all sorts of assets to help them, you know. So he would draw signs, you know, um, 
saying, okay, you know, militaries don't keep up, etc. Then signals and stuff like that. So we joined the department. So he was like an officer arts. And so they had an art department. So he would illustrate, he would draw and all that stuff. And he also would, you know, paint on, you know, do some painting from imagination and stuff like that. So yeah. I think if I, I need to check, because I still have his portfolio, I need to double check. There's a particular painting that we used to have of, you know, soldier, you know, gathered around like a fire or something. I remember that very vividly. I actually found out where that painting is. Anyway, so after the war, you know, he came to Lagos and he started working for Kingsway stores and he used to illustrate. So basically, 50% off, you know, do the poster because everything was handmade back in the 70s. There's no computers. So if you didn't have the talent to do it, couldn't do it. So, you know, so I think it was illustrating for Kingsway stores, you know, doing all the posters and stuff. And an English guy called Mr. Parker. I said, look, look, young man, you've got great talent. Why don't you go to an art school? So that's how you enrolled mm. at the Upper Tech. It was called, popularly known as College of Tech. I and mean, it's called, it's popular as, it's known as Yaba Tech now, but then it was known as College of Tech. So he enrolled in 1971 mm. or 1971, mm. and, you know, so he went to art school, you know, obviously, he was a remarkable student, um, graduated yeah. best of his class. He So interestingly, yeah. in somewhere between 1972 and 1974, my dad was illustrating for Longman Publishers. And for those people who grew up in Nigeria in the 90s and the 80s and maybe a bit of the 2000s, there were textbooks by the, the publishing house, very famous publishing house called Longman. And they would have English textbooks. They would have, you know, a lot of text to secondary schools and stuff like that. So he used to illustrate a lot of drinks. I think, um, I think... Please make um, sure you out there. Uh, which one? <laughs> which one? Yeah, so... want to call you... <laughs> <laughs> so he illustrated um, 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 stories from an African village. And in that illustration, is a, is a tiny book, I think A5, where like a, a tiger is jumping into a, a, a market square. So... You know, I think I think I have some, I still have some wow. of that stuff because I still have a lot of his drawings from that period. I still they're still very pristine, kept in very good condition. Anyway, this was essentially the precursor for me to, you know, um, this is my precursor, and you know what eventually led me into that space. You know, and at the age of eight, quite um, even the primary school, everybody was saying I want to become a doctor, I want to become an engineer. I said I want to become an artist, and that's where my journey started. Essentially, work for two ad agencies. So my dad. You know, essentially went on to work for a company called Lintas Lagos, which was the biggest and the oldest advertising agency at the time. And I was doing it for mm -hmm. 25 years. So all I wanted to do in my life was just be an artist and work in advertising. So I went to art school. I went to the University of Nigeria. I had specialized in painting. I mean, I had the ability to draw as well. So that sort of continued. So sometime in 2009, I said, you know what? I, I be, So I grew up, something that was very predominant in my house was that we watched a lot of television. So I was really obsessed with you know, moving pictures and, you know, and in 2009, I'd done it, I, I thought I'd done enough of advertising. So there was an ad, there was an opportunity to work in a, in a, in a TV channel. So I took that opportunity, called an N24, it was a news channel. So that was my introduction into film and television and broadcasting. And, you know, that's pretty much set the tone for what I was going to do next in my career, you know. It has eventually led me to where I am now. I'm really thankful for it, you know, so... That's a bit of my journey. So everything around me has really been around. So right now I I am into so I'm the director of content and money point. And a part of my job involves everything around content production and content marketing. So bringing, you know, content to life that helps sell 
products of the company and also help with a lot helps with a lot of employer branding essentially showcasing what we're about that kind of thing and um you know essentially painting the company in great lights and a great you know great marketing tool for the company uh but apart from that i'm involved in a lot of film projects as as an executive producer or a co-producer or helping develop projects or bringing projects to life i've worked you know i've worked across the spectrum of filmmaking producing working the creative side of things you know also handle the camera myself a lot of times and walked on a lot of so interestingly i used to be the um creative director at red tv where we created a lot of curated content um original content you know in the the golden years of i mean we're pretty much in the golden years of youtube but when content marketing was a big thing pioneered by banks you know the danny tvs the red tvs accelerate tvs etc as part of that movement um between 2014 2015 to you know till about now so you know, so I've I've been across that spectrum. So it's a great journey. I I I tell people that I I am very thankful. I'm very happy, and I find myself blessed and fortunate to be paid to do what I love to do. You know that kind of thing. Because I don't think everybody's that lucky. You know to be in a space. So that's essentially my my story. You know, and apart from that as well, I'm very in addition to that, I'm very much in, um I'm very much in you know involved in music you know i've been playing keyboards for a while so compose uh, music for, for film i have a very serious obsession with music for film so in a nutshell that's that's really that's really about my journey is really, there, is you know. that, guys that's a real nutshell because obina is i've, I've seen your i'm just like no lord like why would you give one guy all this time like share this thing balance this thing right this is <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's so beautiful to see to just see how your 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 family and the heritage that you carried on you know there's this thing about nigerian culture that people talk about where you know parents almost force their children out into a different yeah. field maybe because of yeah, what they've gone yeah. through and things like that you know absolutely, um, absolutely. but it's, In fact, i tell you an interesting story my my, my so when yeah. i told my dad i was honored to be an artist and he was like oh because he, you know, he had seen the realities of being, you know, uh, he did. He was very successful, but he was saying, you know, why did, you, you know, I, I think if looking back, I think if I wanted to do law, I think I would have been good at it, you know, and stuff like that. But mm. there was a there was a very very potent hunger and desire to actually create. And for me, I just I was so convinced that this was what I wanted to do. So just to add to the fact that you know, my dad wasn't super on board, but I think later he gave into it. And, you know, <laughs> supported me so. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, another thing that caught my attention about you is mm. so this is this this is how I first saw you on LinkedIn. Um, and okay. this 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 when you read I say this, please don't take this like a stalkerish thing. But I was okay. I was I was counsel had, had this amazing video. Um, it's someone that follows you and you you know as well. Hopefully we'll have him on the show at some point. Um, counsel Bolu, an amazing okay. um, artist yeah. as well. <laughs> amazing guy. Amazing guy, um, and so he just and he just released some stuff, and then I just saw you comment and just praise and hype and just really talk about this guy. I'm like, who is this guy that I just you know hyping this guy? Like, maybe I just thought maybe he's just a friend, and then I followed when I saw some other people that you had talked about. It's no sort of this way the LinkedIn mm. shows the post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you and then, yeah, correct. Exactly, and and I noticed that you were championing a lot of people. You're not you're not hyping yourself. Now, how far now? Like, 
that's that's not the way LinkedIn works. You know the way LinkedIn works. <laughs> yeah. Um, Everybody's always, oh, I, you know, I'm so thankful for just starting this big project. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, yeah. Everybody's always, yeah, self, self hype. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that just got me on the rabbit hole, and I just, I just followed you, and I, I just kept seeing how you talked about other people's work, and then I don't think at that time you had started your official role right now i'm um, well at least you are not officially announced okay. it anyways at that time um but okay. by the time you announced it i saw the way you were also talking about the team and just the way they did the work and it was not so much that oh i did this stuff but the team that did the work and this one particular video that you guys did video is so good like it was so which one, well which one, which one? um so there was a campaign um that moved yeah. across uh, from one room to the other, from one place to the other, was and it was capturing different people's point of view of the product, of how it affected their lives, and the different members of the team or other members of the company that were speaking oh, about the product. Yeah, yeah, the- yeah. Our, 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 Q, our Q2 video, I think so, yeah, from earlier this year. Yes. Correct. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the and that video was so good. Like whoever did all the guys, they need a raise. <laughs> it was so yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a great team here. Our global marketing uh, team. Yeah. I'll tell them. I'll, you know, stand up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mention it. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you so thank, you, thank, you, thank you so much. Yeah. You know, we appreciate feedback oh. like this. It makes us work harder. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And so I saw all of that, and. The vibe you were giving me was like a big brother vibe. Like you had this this big brother vibe, like someone that would, you know, champion, you know, the other guys who are that kind of that was the vibe I was just getting like, this is just like a big brother mm-hmm. vibe that I would like to yes, to hang around with. Um and that kind of leads me to the second point I want to talk about because <clears throat> there is an emotional crucible that artists mm. have to bear, right? Especially when they're just starting or when they're just coming up along the rocks. I've, I've been fortunate to help a few young people as well because I've, I've done a few mm-hmm. years, right? And it's yeah. incredibly difficult, right, for them to be able to carry some of the emotional burdens that comes with choosing this path. Mm. Um, how have you been able to champion so many? Because there's so many people, I don't know how you have the heart to be able to accommodate all of this, like, it's yeah, um no. it's a lot i i, I don't it's, think it's a training or a skill i think it's a heart i think it's a character yeah, um, but please tell talk to me about that yeah that's a very you know that's a very you know uh, yeah i like your choice of words like a crucible you know it's a it's so if you if you look at the creative journey and you know the creative odyssey if you like um yeah. you first of all you have to be ruthlessly obsessed with it because you know, there are certain days, and, and the truth about it, it comes like, I mean, I had my own fair share, my own fair share of doubt, self-doubt and all that stuff because mm. you, because the thing, you, the only credibility an artist has is his work. Whether you are yes. a poet, you are a singer, a performer, and whatever you are, whatever if you put in creative intellect or creative grammar and producing anything, mm. all you have is what you've produced because they say an artist is only as good as his last work or, you know, that kind of thing. And that's what you have. Yeah. If you're a, if you're an actor, or you're a director, whatever it is, your last body of work is all you have. So what tends to happen is that the imposter syndrome is so rife, it's so it's so in your face. But then again, you have to be ruthlessly obsessed with just becoming a creative because it's a daily process of becoming. There is really mm. no destination. So people who are starting their yeah. journey need to understand that. So every day there's something, there's a new thing to pursue. There's because. Where does, where does creativity, creativity end and when does it begin? 
you, you cannot answer that. Mm. So the point is that the process doesn't have a start point or an end point. You just know that there's something burning. It's kind of like a writer who has a burning story, you know? You are in your bathroom, you're probably taking a dump, you're probably having you're having a shower, whatever it is, and something hits you. And all you just know is that you have to make it happen. That's how I have. it's like a mm. fire that constantly is constantly burning. So the question now is how do you keep up? How you do that is to keep that fire burning. So it means that you must constantly feed your creative juices, whatever it is that makes you bring all of that to life, you need to keep that fire burning. That means that be in places where you are constantly immersed with things that inspire you, you know, and, and the truth about it is that that, that may be, a, be a, a bit of a paradox because people, some people are find themselves in some really, really dire conditions. They may not be great, they may, they may not be in the best socioeconomic class. They might be in places where creativity is an escape. But the point here is that you need to find what keeps your fire burning and keep it burning because at the end of the day, you know, um, you alone can kindle that fire. Nobody else is going to do it for you. So the point is, and again, you have to constantly ask yourself a question. Like when people come to me and say, oh, I want to be a crazy band, I ask, are you really sure? Why do you think it is something you want to do? And I find out that a lot of people really are pretenders because it's an escape. It's easy, oh, I'm a photographer, or I do graphic design, or it, because it's cool. But when the realities mm -hmm. of actually doing it, you know, starts to come at your face, you know, it's only people who are really there for the long term on the long haul who really survive. So I think for I think number one is to what are the things that actually why are you doing this? Your why? I think that's number one. What is your why? If you can establish your why and you know your why every day, then you're on your path. Secondly, you need to stoke your embers. You need to stoke the flames of your creativity. Whatever it is that is making you or driving you towards that goal. You need to keep it burning. You need to keep it burning. Because what tends to happen is a lot of people lose their fire, you know, and it happens and it's natural. Like, I mean, writers have writer's block, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you today, it's not happening, but you need to keep, because I have people, which, oh, you know, it's not happening for me. And I, and I speak to them and I send them some material. Okay, check this out. Listen to this music, take a walk, forget, close your computer, just go somewhere and, you know, <laughs> kind of go and have a conversation with the people that, who are talking about things that are completely... You find out that in that isolation, you know, you have a, you have something, there's something that draws you back, you know, and whatever brings you, that thing that brings you back is a sign to the fact that that is where you're meant to be. Because, I mean, I, I mean, like for, I mean, I have, I remember doing, um, you know, I mean, my formative years, just getting involved in projects where I'm either editing something, I'm trying to do some sort of motion design or 3D design or something, you know, and... I'm in a place where it's not quite, I just take a walk, you know, I just walk away or do something completely different. And and the thing about the artistic process is that it's never really about the time you're focused on doing that thing in that time. The artistic process starts in your imagination. Like when I was in, when I was in school, when I wanted to paint a piece, I'd done it in my head. It's finished. I see the picture. So once I pick up my brush, I'm basically replicating what is in my mind. And what tends to happen, and it's kind of like, you know, if I compose a piece, you know, a musical piece, you know, I leave it. When I go away, I'm playing that thing in my head and I'm adding to the structures I've laid down. So it's, so it's, it, that's the thing about it. It's, it's like, I remember in school, we used to have this question, you know, when is the artistic process over? When is a painting truly complete? Is it when you put, when you put the last brush stroke or is it when you've taken it to the gallery and hung it? When does it, so 
in the end, it doesn't end because when even, even while it's up there on the wall, you're like one stroke of turquoise somewhere. One, you know, so it's you get what I'm saying. So you know, like yeah. music, one extra note, one. And so my point is, you have to understand that it's almost like an ad infinitum process. It doesn't end. It's something that's continuous, and you have to live with that. You know that. So that's what I, I would say. How, how I would answer yeah. that question. You know when you said like it's 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 the it's not an ending journey like the journey just continues in my mind i'm like really like this there have to be an end to this because there yeah. is a lot there is a lot that a lot of people have <clears throat> sort of yeah. sacrificed and put down on the line to be able to try and get somewhere because they believe about they believe in this and they believe in that but <clears throat> when it now comes to the artist themselves i want to talk about how they are able to um, build connections and relationships okay. that will sustain them. I think that sometimes artists can be nomads. Um, yep, yep. Silos. <laughs> Being, yeah. Yes. It's always a, yeah. Like monks on a journey to, 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 <laughs> to El Dorado somewhere. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. And not everyone is gifted with the gift of gab not everyone has that natural outgoing personality that comes correct, with, correct. with certain artists right um but I, I found again by observing you and just the way you've interacted with people that somehow you've i don't know whether you started out that way or whether you've built that along the way i mean please tell me about that journey but yeah, you yeah connecting with people yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean so i mean this this is something that has always been with me and i think i i get it from i, I think my dad because my dad is sort of we're, we're very alike you know he's he's a very so in the community if there was i i, I can see i can even say this like when we're younger when when we still all of us were still living together and you know somebody we used to live in a close the last place we lived before i i i, I moved out and somebody very important in, in, in the community passes away. Everybody converges in the house and expects, you know, comes to my dad for him to break the news for the family. So, so I, you know, I, he had always been in that situation where he has to be the encourager. And, you know, and maybe, maybe because he's a pastor, maybe that helps. But, you know, um, so he's always been the person galvanizing people, talking to people getting people together and, and he's a very very sociable person he comes in you know very warm so i think it's something i i i sort of um some i i wouldn't say it's genetic but or maybe it is but it, it sort of just flowed with me so i remember when i was in university one of my very best friends he was asking me so you know you have a way of connecting with people what are you doing with it what are you doing with that gift <laughs> so i so i think for me so this is how i see it i have i have a mantra i i say to myself I know everybody in the world have not just had an opportunity to speak to everyone. So if you go around with that, so if you go around say that, that again. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, you know, so yeah, I mean, I feel I know everybody in the world. I've just not had the opportunity to speak to everyone. So if you go around with that sort of, um, uh, mindset, it's very easy for you to connect with mm. people. And again, in a world where we learn to build boundaries and see the worst of people and, and magnify people's, people's shortcomings why don't you do the opposite you know that kind of thing and and for me and, and i tell you that's one of the secrets to i think my success you know wherever i am just the ability to connect people you know make them give them let them feel a sense of value let them feel that like they're heard let them feel that when you're speaking with them 
they feel a serious sense of value. It makes them, you know, like they they, they literally eat out from the palms of your hands. And for me, that's what I do. You know, um, let people see the best of who they are, that kind of thing. And be, and again, that's another thing that's missing: be open and sincere with people. You know, no matter, and it's hard, to be, especially when you're in a leadership position and you have to make decisions. My point is. They can, you can put a face of humanity, you know, a human face to do different things. I mean, you have to be firm when you need to be firm, but the point is try to be open and be sincere with people, you know, let them feel good, you know. There's nothing, look, once you make anybody feel good, they'll give you anything you want, that kind of thing. It's it's a, it's not, they, you get my point? So it's something I've learned. So, and again, be sincere. And it's not about false praise or, you know, you know, um, be in, being a psychophant. No, no, it, it's about intentional, authentic, you know, um, really heartfelt, you know, uh, 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 um, empathy for people, you know, and if that way you connect with people. Like for me, I mean, it's the easiest thing to, to strike up a conversation, you know, with anyone, mm. that kind of thing. And just look, pick, look for similar interests, look for something that the person likes. Start, And that's how you started Kyoshi. So I think that for creatives, yeah, even if you're an introvert, right, I'm not saying you should go around speaking to everybody. No, not everybody's going to be open that. No, but my point is, yeah. if you if you if you know that, you know, hanging out with a certain crowd is going to get me to where I need to be, then that's what you need to do, because it's I, you're trying to. Yeah, we're all going somewhere, right? And at the end of the day, it's kind of like, let me see, let me see this analogy. So, Google. Everybody uses Google Maps, right? Now, Google Maps will show you the quickest way to your destination. Correct. Now, um, we should ap- apply that same, um, um, you know, that same approach to life, that kind of thing. If you know this is going to get you to where you want to go do it, I'm not saying you do anything crazy, but, you know, go to places where, you know, you would find people of like mind, you know, people of like mind, people who think the way you think, people who have achieved what you've achieved. Like, for instance, if you're an artist, go for exhibitions, go and see other people's work. You know, if you're a poet, go to, you know, go and see what other people listen to read poetry. Go and watch plays. Go out there. Have conversations. If you're, if you're a movie lover, go and watch movies. Go to the cinema. You know, once it is done, have a conversation with people. Go. If you can get to premieres, go for Have a conversation. So how was the movie? What do you think? Oh, I think that character was X. That character was Y. You know, kind of thing. Have conversations. You know, kind of thing. And that's how you slowly build. And again, and because we are, we are completely, you know, we are, we are digital nomads, you know, in, in all respects, we are all online, we are all, you know, having conversations, listening to conversations, you know, whatever it is. Mm. If you find an, an interesting thread about something you, la- you like, add your two cents. Say, oh, oh, by the way, I also think that X on LinkedIn, there's a conversation about something that affects you. You know, and that's how you build. So that oh, somebody oh, I like this comment. Somebody follows you. Somebody says it. Oh, and that's how I've met a lot of people. DMs. Oh, I, I like what you said. Okay, can we connect? Blah 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 blah. And it's all over the world. So, my point is, you need to step out of your comfort zone when it comes to interacting with people because, you know, you can only learn from somebody who's been to where you are going to. That's the only way you're gonna get. You know, you're gonna actually get to where you want to be. You know, interaction. To not be afraid to step out, you know. I know it's tough for some. I know there's some people who are natural introverts, and I get it, you know. But sometimes, you know, you need to be able to do what you don't want to do to get what you want to get, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, I just segue. Are you sure you are not going to add pastor to that list of things that, <laughs> that you do? <laughs> the last thing that I really want to talk about, and that has to do with how you personally, um, because part of you one of the most beautiful things in your life is that you're a father. Uh, and we've, I, I believe that the 
emotional or the, the things that are dear to us, they, they, they form like an anchor that allow us to, you know, to always stare, you know, stare the our ship to the right shore and stare ourselves the right way. Yeah, great question. I mean, I, I have a, I, I'm very thankful to God for my support system. I have a great wife who is who means everything to me. And um, I've known her for such a long time before I got married. And she's, you know, she's always been supporting, um, you know, always. I mean, sometimes I have to be away, you know. I mean, she's, she's a very busy person. You know, she's, she's, very, she's also very busy, successful in her area, but she's being a very great supporter pillar, you know, with the family and just making sure that, um, you know, my meals do what I want to do. And it's, it's the same way, you know, certain things, sometimes I have to hold the fort for her as well. You know, because we're all yeah. two very high-performing people, focused, really focused on very serious targets wherever we are. So it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a team. You know, we have a very good team, team bonding ethic, team, team spirit, that kind of thing. So she's being, she's just somebody who I can say is a very huge anchor for me. You know, and I also think that my extended family as well. I mean, my my parents are God bless them. I mean, where would I be without them? My mother, and my father. You know, I'm. They've always supported me, always praying for me, always, you know, like whatever it is, they're super supportive. Then, you know, my, my brothers, um, I have four brothers, um, and they are always, you know, cheerleaders, you know, that kind of thing, you know, leading on, that kind of thing. So I, I think I'm blessed to say that everyone around me is a pillar of support, you know, in in, 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 in their own respects and in their own regard. So I'll say I'm, I'm, I've been very, very blessed in this in this area. <laughs> So, so yeah, so, so my family mean a lot to me, you know, that kind of, because I feel that for you to really achieve anything, you need, on the home front, you need a certain level of stability to keep your head in the right place. Mm-hmm. Because the truth about is that, you know, we're not spirits, we're human beings, you know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, um, we need a lot of stability, a lot of grounding, and family, a stable family helps you achieve that. That's the truth. That's not, because if you have problems at home, I mean, there's some people who draw inspiration from chaos and adversity. Yeah, that's... It's also part of the process, but you know, yeah. it's there's something more profound about doing it from a place where there's peace, where there's a place where there's um, cohesion, there's there's a certain camaraderie, you know, and, and there's something that just you know makes you just be your best. You know, it's like it's like a tree planted very close to the river. To what you know, it, it grows. You know, it, it flourishes. That kind of thing. So, so yeah, <laughs> I love that analogy. Like the tree planted by the river. That's an amazing analogy. And, and that, I think, uh, it's been a beautiful conversation just, you know, talking with you and looking at everything that you have shared. It, it really also points to me that I was really on the right track. Like, it really does have that big brother vibe. <laughs> <laughs>